Instead of seeing ourselves as heroes of our own story, we need to understand our lives in the light of God's story. When it comes to your life, God says, I'm tender, I'm careful. When it comes to those that come against you, I'm like steel. Well, you made it. Remember those times in 2015, you weren't sure you're going to make it, and here you are. <laughs> You've made it. Here, ready to start a, a brand new year, and uh, uh, the anticipation of everything that it has in store for you, and everything that God has in mind and in store uh, for your life, and for His people, and also for the saving of the souls of, of mankind. And so, Father, we thank you this morning uh, that while our year changes and, you know, our months and days, they come and go because you are eternal, Father, that uh, uh, you just don't have any variableness in you. But yet on behalf of your people, God, you, you structure things and you arrange things and uh, move in the framework of time. And we thank you that Jesus himself came in when the time was right, Lord. And uh, uh, so we thank you for uh, the operation and the work of you and the Holy Spirit uh, in the overall uh, purpose and plan of God. Uh, just as we uh, begin this new year, we're asking for your grace. We're asking for your insight, Father, and for uh, uh, that, that direction and that hope, God, that help us to, to uh, you know, expand and advance the kingdom of God uh, and grow in the kingdom of God, not only in our personal lives, but in the lives of others. Father, we just pray the special blessing. Uh, that would come upon each one in this new year and on this special day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be speaking to you uh, with regard to my prayer for your 2016. A prayer that is not only a prayer, but having some insights and perspectives to it and I will share with you, uh, you know, what I see, what has been spoken to me, not only what I felt by the Holy Spirit, but also what was uh, given to me from, uh, in a unique way, uh, about, you know, 2016. And we're going to begin and have with the foundation Psalms 91. Psalms 91 is, is, you know, such an amazing, powerful uh, passage of Scripture uh, about the miraculousness of God and how God is, is ever watching over us. And, and it's a good psalm to read. And just to fortify your faith and, you know, know how life is going to turn out. How life is going to turn out. Now, I do realize this morning that some of you are still waiting on your story. And I hope that I can encourage you 
But I want to ask you, while you're waiting, what story are you telling? What story are you telling while you're waiting for your story that God wants to write? Belief is very important. What you believe is, you know, uh, helps to shape what takes place and happens in your world. Not just in your outside world, but your inside world. It affects how you think. How you see, how you hear, or what you see rather than and how you hear. The Bible is full of the frame phrase of if you believe. If you believe, then God can do this. If you believe this will happen. It talks about putting away unbelief. See, your belief is your personal operating system. It's how you sort and file what you see, what you experience, what you think, what happens. And our beliefs from time to time need to be upgraded. I'm not talking about changing, you know, so much and that you believe in Jesus and you believe in the Holy Spirit and, you know, you believe the, the, the Word of God. But Peter said that we grow in grace, in knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says there should be a constant upgrade that's happening in our life. It should be, a, you know, an upgrade that, that's taken place in, 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 in how we're believing in, in what we're believing for. All the tech people in the, in the house this morning, they understand upgrades. Now, in the, in the tech department, you know, sometimes it comes with glitches. And that's what will happen too, you know what I mean? As you start to move and upgrade, you know what I mean? You're going you're to have some glitches in it because you really don't know how to function or operate in it. That belief system that becomes the internal reality of, of, of you. How you've processed yesterday and, you know how you are anticipating tomorrow. Esther, internal you know, belief system helped her in her, her moment of crisis. She went in you know, to see the king being uninvited and she said, if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to see the king. The need of the hour 
And the position and the place that she held demanded that she forget about herself and begin to put herself out for others. Jesus had that, that internal map of reality in him. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I'm going to raise it up. Well, you say he was God. But he was also man. What you believe determines the choices that you make. The actions that you do help to shape your life. Help you function in the world that we live in. So belief is so important. What you believe. What you believe about God. What you believe about life. What you believe about yourself. Now this is not psychology. God wrote it in the book way before psychology was even in existence. It's what shapes your belief. Instead of seeing ourselves as heroes of our own story, We need to understand our lives in the light of God's story. It's not 10 billion short stories with 10 billion heroes. No, it isn't. It's one story in one hero. Somebody give a Lord of praise this morning. Hallelujah. And we are a valid, intimate part of that story. It doesn't make you any less important. It just gets the story right. When we understand belief really as a relationship, it generates the power to change us. Do you believe that God delights in bringing miracles to you every day? Do you believe in the miracle of your daily bread? The miracle of your daily job? Those that just happen on a seemingly natural, you know, on dramatic way. And yet the same God that does that, he can take things that, of materials and movements of whatever it needs to be to, to make a miracle, an instant miracle. So Psalms 91 is a testimony of what God has chosen to do in occasions of the past. It's the assurance of what he is altogether able to do Today, everybody say today. today. 
and a beautiful portrait of his awesome, omnipotent capability for the future. I want to see our faith, you know what I mean? Not just be something in the future, but something that's active and relates to today. Now, there's a future. There's the past, but there's the present. An upgrade and a challenge in our faith. Promises from Psalms 91 that are ours. They only divert from the promises of God except that God in his love and wisdom allows something to the contrary for the ultimate good. In other words, life is not perfect. Events don't always happen, you know, just exactly like we would like them, but there's somebody in charge. When God allows things that seem to be out of character only to bring good from it. Jesus' death on the cross was out of the ordinary, but it was ultimately to bring good. Paul's thorn of the flesh, unpleasant as it was, was designed to ultimately help Paul. I'm going to know that. Paul, God himself told Paul, he said, you know, he said, you're going to have so many revelations. Your insight is going to be so far above everybody else. You know what I mean? And if I don't keep you humble, you're just going to think you're smart. <laughs> and he, so he said, you know what? I've got to allow something there in your life so you don't think you're so smart. That you understand that there is a revelator that's been giving you revelation. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. So out of the ordinary. Not everybody gets them, but, you know, how about Stephen? Stephen's martyrdom. Out of the ordinary. Passages of Scripture he could have tied on to. He never said, wait a minute, oh God. But God in his sovereignty goes ahead and moves and says, you know, the effect of your life, Stephen, is going to have a tremendous impact on a man that I'm going to send into my kingdom who's going to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Who's going to break open the walls and the, the separations and is going to move this thing beyond the, the Jewish community into the Gentile community. But I need somebody willing to give their life so that you can affect that man. He needs to see how you die. How that those in Christ can die. And Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Receive my spirit. It's okay to go home. I'm ready to go home. You see, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it falls in the ground and it dies, it brings forth much fruit. It's investment of life. We're not looking to depart from this life, but we're looking to find where do we sow our lives? In what has God, soil has God commissioned us? <laughs> 
to be, to die in, to self and to rise and produce all kinds of life all around. Hallelujah. Psalms 34 and 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. There is a glory. Psalms 91 starts out with the source of the saint's safety. He who dwells in the secret place for the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There is a place. There is a place. The place that he's talking about is not so much your closet of prayer, although we have those. But the place that he's talking about is that place where he is having influence upon our life. Where the association and the connection is so, so, so regular that it's influencing our lives. You see, there's the abiding presence of God and there's the manifest presence of God. I love the manifest presence of God. When we come together as a corporate group, we have the manifest presence of God. When Peter was in jail, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, things were look, weren't looking good. And he was kind of laying down and chained up. And all of a sudden, an angel appears to him and slaps him on the thigh and says, get up. Takes him by the hand and walks him through all the guards and out the tunnels. And I don't know what all the corridors that there was. And as soon as he gets outside the gate, he walks away. The angel wasn't there. He still had the abiding presence, but he didn't have the manifested presence. Manifested presence was for that, for that event, for that time. The manifested presence would be what I need right now as I'm ministering the word of God. What the worship team needs when they're leading in worship. And we will have the manifest presence of God even throughout our days and throughout our lives, but there's something about that abiding presence of God that has that tremendous influence of God in our lives where we rest with an inner assurance and so he says that the promises of God and my prayer this morning is has these conditions connected to them and to dwell is to take up permanent residence it's to stay in his presence it's to be God aware he uses the word shadows by definition shadows is a place of protection and covering they provide relief from the direct sunlight shadows diminish what we actually feel if we would remain in the direct sunlight shadows reduce the intensity the pressures the stress the troubles the struggles 
if they can be there, even as the sun in the hot afternoon, he says, there's a shadow in God. Think about it. But so those that abide in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He's not taking away, away the realness of life, but he's sheltering us from the intensity of life. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah, church. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes the church thinks that, you know, we almost get the idea that we should never have hot sun. Now he wants us to be able to learn how to get in the shadow. And the way that you get in the shadow is to get up close. To get up close. The shadow of his protection, up close by his side. David felt the heat and the sting of his sin until he got up close to the shadow giver. I humbly acknowledge my transgression. All of a sudden, he begins to pull up, set in the shadow. So prayer number one for you this morning and for you as a believer for this church is this, is that no trap set for you will be successful in your life. No trap set for you will be successful in your life. Psalms 91 verses 3 and 4. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous Pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. The two images that are portrayed here is that of a mother bird and that of mental armor. Metal armor, not mental, metal armor. How the mother bird safely tucks her young under her wings. In fact, it was Jesus that stood on the mountain as he overlooked Jerusalem. You know what I mean? And after all that he had done, and yet their rejection of him, and, and, and with, with, with sadness and brokenness of heart, he said, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how oft I would have gathered you as a hen ducks or chicks. You know what I mean? As, a, as she gathers them under wings, but you wouldn't come close enough. You wouldn't come close enough. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. So he uses this, you know, he spoke about it. And here he tells us the tender touch of God's care, the tender warmth of God's love and God's concern. And then it talks about the metal armor, the toughness as God is portrayed in this imagery. And so what does it mean? 
It means that from the perspective of the protected, God is warm and he is tender. From the vantage point of the attacker, God is strong and is like steel. Oh, hallelujah. So when it comes to your life, God says, I'm, I'm, I'm tender. I'm careful. When it comes to those that come against you, I'm like steel. He addresses two dangers. Notice that it says, the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. He protects us, he says, from the danger that is by surprise. Out of nowhere. You didn't see it coming. No contribution to it whatsoever. And yet it arises. There it is. He said, the danger of surprise. But he not only protects us from the when the danger of, that surprisingly appears, he also protects us from the visible. It says from the perilous pestilence. It doesn't make any difference if the danger is visible or invisible. God's protection is adequate. It's adequate. Isaiah 54 and 17 says that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Oh, hallelujah. There are many intents of the adversary against your life, but God says, you know what I mean? He will bring to naught the intent of them. But sometimes in the process of the heating of and the, 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 the manufacturing of the weapon, you need to come into the shadow of the Almighty. Get up close. So you don't feel the true intensity and extent of, of, the, of the heat. Come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my, my burden is light. He says, you need to go ahead and take what you're, what's burdening you and lay it down and take up a brand new and shoulder something that's not so heavy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, that there will be no trap set for you will be successful in your life. Anybody receive that this morning? Hallelujah. He says he deliver us from the snare, the trap of the fowler. No fear will blind you or control you. No fear. It says in verse 5 that you just won't be afraid. There's such a paralyzing effect of fear. Jesus over and over with his disciples, you know what I mean? He addressed this element in their lives. I don't want you to be afraid. Fear not. I, I, the reason you don't have to fear is because I'm with you. 
It's not that fear is not a reality. It's not that fear is, you know what I mean, uh, is not present. But don't be afraid. God, why can't I be afraid? Why shouldn't I be afraid? Because this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. It may be last-minute rescue, but let me tell you what, it will be rescue. Somebody praise the Lord this morning. I'm I'm stirred, church. Hallelujah. It may be last-minute, but it will come. Fear is your greatest thief. It's your greatest thief. We're afraid of this. We're afraid of that. There's a difference between being concerned and having fear. First John says that fear has torment. So if concern in your life has reached a point where it's tormenting you, it has moved, you know what I mean, from a necessary element, uh, you know what I mean, of awareness in your life to a controlling element of dominance. And it's taken charge. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I know, I'll tell you, what? It sounds like an upgrade of love is in the remedy for those fearful moments and those fearful times. Read a little bit more about the love of God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's saying, you know what I mean? Number one, God is with you. Number two, he's come with something. He's got a rod to stave off the enemy, you know what I mean? He's got a staff to rescue you from the cleft that you may have fallen in. It says in verse 5 and 6, it says that God gives us 24-hour protection. I haven't found any deodorant that can do that. They advertise it, but it doesn't work. (laughs) But God says, I got 24-hour protection for you. Notice what it says. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noontime. I'm going to cover you. There's no threat, seen or unseen, anticipated or unexpected. You just can't catch God unaware. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. God is able to protect. He says, just get up close to me. Just get up close to me. Divine protection over your lives. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. The odds do not impress God. 
They don't make him nervous, nor do they stop his protection. No matter how disproportionate the odds are, he says, my protection is certain. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. There was a day in the life of the children of Israel and God was moving in judgment. But it was judgment for deliverance. The story is the children of Israel, the book of Exodus. It says in verse 4 that God will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt so that nothing will die of all the land that belongs to the sons of Israel. So the Lord did this thing on the next day and all the livestock of Egypt died, but the livestock of the sons of Israel, not one of them died. When God decides to make a distinction between the righteous and the unrighteous, you will see the notable difference. The notable difference. He's the God that we draw close to. I love that he says this. He says, not only are we protected from the opposition of wicked men and the forces of evil, we are protected from the righteous wrath of God. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, that Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. So the measure of his protection, not only those that are against us. According to Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through to 39, is that under the divine wings of protection, we will never fail from God's purposes and from God's protection. For what shall separate us from the love of God? It's up there someplace, probably. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Sorry. If God be for us, who can be against us? The reason I know it's not up there, it's not in yellow in my notes. <laughs> but you know the passage of Scripture. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. Notice that he begins to talk to us about tribulation and difficulties and things like that. See, not exempt from it, but divinely protected in spite of it. Yeah. 
I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even your bad attitude, he says, is not going to separate me, my love from you. <laughs> your worst day and your grumpiest day, you know what I mean? Your, your spouse can't live with you, you know, your neighbor can't live with you, and you can't even live with yourself. He said, I'm going to hang in there because your day is going to change. When I was raising my kids, didn't make any difference what I was doing, whether I was in the office or, or busy. They knew that they could interrupt me at any time. My grandkids, I think, feel the same way. God says, you can interrupt me. My prayer is that there'll be no holes in your financial bag. 2016, there'll be no holes in your financial bag. It's possible to have holes in your financial bag. It's possible to bring in much and, you know, and have little. But it's also possible to bring in little and still have much. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. I won't get into tithes and offerings. Read it in the book. You won't love me. If, and I want, I want your love. Financial pressure is, it just ruins your peace. It ruins your peace. But Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with, with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase. He's really saying, you know, you just set your house in order. You know, God says, I'll, I'll, I'll plug the holes in your financial bag for you. Do you understand that no dream is too big for God to do? Amen. On the night that God appeared to Solomon, he said to him, ask what I shall give you. He didn't set limits on it. He said, ask what, what I shall give you. And I just, you know, obviously, the, it's just an amazing request. God said himself, because you didn't ask for riches and gold and silver, you know what I mean? He said, I'm going to give you all that, but because you just asked for Knowledge and understanding that I'm going to grant you that too. You don't always see the big picture when you start out. Sometimes you just get a prod. You know, sometimes you just get a feeling. 
Sometimes you just get an idea. Sometimes you just get an open door. You got a dream this morning. It's not too big for God to fill. If it's God's dream, you know what I mean? You're on the right track. If it's your dream, he's concerned about it. Really cares about it. I've got a lot of self dreams, but I also got a God dream. I know this one thing that if I'll pursue the God dream, the self dreams, He'll take care of them. Now, God's got a big challenge in my life. Let me tell you, He's got my wife. Now, she's a great woman. But one of the dreams I've got, she doesn't have. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, anyhow. <laughs> Changing a woman's mind, huh? <laughs> All right. Okay, that that you will fill your mouth with new declarations. My prayer is that you'll fill your mouth with new declarations. What you say, what you speak. A man will be satisfied says with the fruit of his mouth in other words the right words you will find will be fulfilling they're powerful life and death and the power of the tongue my prayer is that you'll understand that God is your partner God is a partner with you in life. Within us workers together with God. Did you know that God is, is concerned not just about the mission, but about the missionary? Now, when you think of missionary, you're thinking of foreign seas, but I'm not simply talking about that. Whatever it is he's called you to do, your mission. God will will slow the mission down. He will even halt the mission to take care of the missionary. That's right. To refresh, to renew, to help you get it together. It's not over till... He says it's over. Absolutely.
God. To comprehend that no battle is yours alone. Never fight by yourself. Never fight by yourself. It says in Psalms 46 that he makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The good news is that wherever he fights, he wins. Psalms 46 is a phenomenal passage of Scripture about, you know what I mean, the warriorship of our Savior. He wins. A prayer of this 2016 is that none of your prayers will be abandoned. Sometimes when we pray, it seems like nothing is happening. Just like Elijah, as he was praying. He had the word of the Lord. You can have the word of the Lord, and in the beginning of it, it seemed like nothing's happening. Don't abandon your prayers. God's not going to. Ask. And keep asking. If you're out of bounds, he'll tell you. He just might want to know, see how persistent you really are. How, How bad do you really want this? What's it really worth to you? Not trying to be stingy. He's not trying to be hard. But when it comes, he wants you to be able to understand the value of it. That it has value to you and not just him. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, this came through Christmas. How many of your parents gave some good gifts away? It's all right. Yeah, it might, you know, you could wrap it. it, You know? How much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those that ask Him? Ask him. I told you the story, didn't it? A little while, well, a little while back, you know, I was, I was asking for something, you know what I mean? He says, You're just, you're, you know, you're just asking a mess. You, you don't really want this. This is a, this is a fancy. <laughs> you know? I'm glad that he can, 
you know, tell me, hey, you know, listen. And then I want to, one that's not up there, but passage, and I'm sure it's a favorite of many, buddy, and that he would crown your life with goodness. Psalm 65. Psalm 65 and 11 says, you crown the year with your goodness. Hallelujah. Your paths drop with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness. The little hills rejoice in every side. The pastures that clothe the flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. Psalm 31 and 19 says this, How great is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. He said, I will encrown you, and that word crown, you know what I mean, is, is, is better than something that's set on your head. It's to encircle. I will encircle you. I will encircle your year. I'll do it with goodness. It's an amazing thing when goodness finds you. When goodness finds you, he says, things begin to drip. When goodness finds you, those much-needed breakthroughs take place. When goodness finds you, it says that you have more than enough of good that's taken place in your life. When goodness finds you, he says, there's the regular, 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 ordinary things like the water of the earth that enriches it, the grain, the growth. Have you found the crowning aspect of last year? The crowning aspect of last year. Filter through your life. Filter through your year. Has there been any goodness? Goodness. If you can't find it in last year, I want you to know that I'm praying that 2016 
is going to be here. That you'll be able to look and see the circle. Because God's got a whole heavenly host out working just for you. I'm not taking an offering. This is not to, you know what I mean, make you feel good. This is to tell you the truth. Are they not all ministering spirits? Talking about the angelic hosts. Sent forth to minister to those that are heirs of life. The same book, the book of Hebrews says this, that that God says, I want you to know that there's an innumerable company of angels. How many know that that means more than you can count? (laughs) I've got, I've got, I mean, we not only have Jesus Christ, (laughs) hallelujah, we not only have the Holy Spirit, we not only have God the Father, who's, you know what I mean, is together, they work in harmony and unison, but God says there's a whole bunch of angels that I'm dispatching just to go ahead and care for you and take care, for, take care of you. Are they not all ministering spirits? It says in Psalms 91, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. And somebody said, well, that's for Jesus. Of course it was for Jesus. For we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He shows us that the care of him is, is right down to just the minimal He says, lest you strike your foot against a stone. He's not talking about, you know, you stubbing your toe. He's talking about the minute matters in your life. God says, you know, I'm going to keep you from that. The fact of the matter is, you don't really know all that you've been kept from. Because you don't see it because it never happens. And because angels seldomly appear, doesn't mean that they're not present. My knees still get weak. I told you this story, but as I was taking, my whole family was with me except my son-in-law. Andy, what were you doing? My goodness. Uh, yeah. I was traveling the cities, and it was, it was the roads were not good, and you know, and and I was on 61, and I was going too fast. I knew it. I, I, I just knew it in my. I didn't even need the Holy Spirit to tell me that I was going too fast. I just knew I was going too fast. I mean, I was going going too fast as far as the speed limit was concerned, but I was going too fast for the for the conditions. I understood that. I didn't pay attention to it. And, you know, just out of the blue, a, a car went out of control on the bridge abutment. 
went out of control. And he was in the right lane. I was in the left lane. I had my whole family with me. Death would have been for sure, seriously, the speed that I was going. And in spite of my not hearing him the first time, he said, go deep. In other words, you know. And he said, go deeper. And it was like he took the steering wheel and drove it in there. And we just, I mean, milliseconds. Otherwise, it would have been head on at 70 miles an hour. That's what I was doing. I knew who did it. There are times when we don't. Lest you strike your foot. Those minute things seem insignificant. He says, I'll I protect you. I have stuffed my toe in reality before. And I thought, boy, that scripture just is not really coming true in my life, is it? But <laughs> it's really not what he's talking about. You know? <laughs> I asked my musicians to come. See, God is not passive about your protection either. He says, he will, you shall tread upon the lions and the, and the cobras. God says, you're, you're, you're not just going to be passively protected, you know, you're going to be protected in your aggressiveness too. Oh, hallelujah, church. <laughs> Hear that? Why can you step up? Why can you go ahead and move in even when things are not politically correct? Because he said, I'll protect you. I'll protect you from the the cobra. The snake. The lion. I was praying, and I started to share with the church last week. And if you know me, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not off the wall. I don't. I'm not an extremist. But literally, it was in the morning, and I was praying. And I was asking God, you know, what you're going to do? What's it going to be like? What should we begin to anticipate? What should we see? What should we be looking for? And invariably, you know, God will just kind of put an impression in my heart. But I got a text from someone who's never texted me before. Now, I've talked to him on the phone. 
I had not talked to them for, you know, uh, well, I had talked to them, you know, a month or so early, but, but nothing but just in general conversation. Nothing of, you know, 2060, nothing of a burden of my heart. You know, nothing about my prayer life. You know, what am I praying for? Absolutely nothing. So this is not a this is not a response. You know what I mean to a question or an insight that I had given. But never before had I received a word of the Lord by text. But I received it, and obviously it. You know, it moved me because I knew what I was talking to God about, asking God about, and for God to just go ahead and speak this way. And here's what it says. Get ready for a dynamic Holy Spirit-filled year. The rivers of power and glory are being released for Bible Center saints. You and Jan will carve out channels for the rivers to flow through. Live daily in expectation and be super sensitive to observe the spiritual preparedness the Holy Spirit will awaken to fresh hunger. As you stand with me. Get ready for a dynamic Holy Spirit filled year. What I've learned in life is I know that not to let yesterday become the interpretation of tomorrow. And he goes on to say that. He says, I just want you to be keen to what I'm doing. And what I loved about it, because that's what I was praying about, it wasn't just, you know, you know, Don, so, you know, God, what do you got in store for me? What do you got in store for the people? God says, I'm going to begin to awaken. A freshness. The river and the power of glory are being released in Bible Center Saints and Jen and I have a responsibility to carve out channels for the rivers to flow through. Rivers do not happen in momentary, just days. Rivers take time to cut. The trickle, the small flow, and it continues to cut its way. And begin to enlarge itself and enlarge itself till finally it becomes a river. There are streams whose rivers shall make glad the people of God. What's he doing there? He said, There's a whole bunch of streams that flow and United, they become a river. Oh, hallelujah. 2016. 2016.
Let me give you what I think that, that he wants to just put into your mind and your heart also. Here's what he told me. Now, this is when he just spoke to my spirit. This was came from, you know, and by the way, that man was Paul Tucker. Right when I was praying, we know the validation of that. God says you're going to have unique ideas. Unique ideas. It will be unconventional means. Unconventional means. And he, he showed me, he said, he said, look at David and Goliath. A sling and a stone is an unconventional means to victory. So out of the ordinary, not just simply, you know what I mean, what is conventional? That God is going to give, you know, unconventional means. Let me tell you what, we need them. Because you can't argue today to win the argument in the system that we're living in. You can't do it. Not at all. There will be times when the source is on, of unlikely supply. Your source will come from an unlikely supply. I'm not saying that ravens are going to show up. You know what I mean? He did that once. He doesn't got to use ravens again. What he's saying, I'm going to see to it. You know what I mean? That you didn't know how it was going to come. You know, you thought it would come over here, but it didn't. What's going to be happening in the church and what's going to happen with his kingdom is not going to be politically correct. Now, you haven't, you know, we've used that word, but that's exactly what he said. It's not going to be politically correct. And he referred me to David, who was a king, with a crown, with a robe, and yet... When the ark of God's presence began to reach its place, predetermined place, David went ahead and did well, that which was politically incorrect for a leader and a king. He went ahead and began to dance before the ark. Now, how that all plays out, I don't know, but he says, it's, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen politically incorrect like David dancing before the king and yesterday's experiences are the foundation of faith for your tomorrow's victories God is saying I want you to look at yesterday's experiences because they are foundational to your tomorrow's victories see the crowning goodness of the Lord and build upon that in expectation and anticipation. God's not talking about being millionaires, all right? No. He's talking about His glory. Going to be seen on the righteous apart from the, the unrighteous. Father, this morning, even as you have... I've outlined this. I'm asking that heaven will now initiate and officiate God, these blessings 
upon this people in 2016. God, and I'm asking you to let it begin today. Let there be the dispatching of the holy angels. Father, let the Father say amen today to these prayers. Lord, and let our faith, God, and our belief have an upgrade. Let the personal operating system that we're operating in, God, reach a level of faith and belief that's unprecedented in our personal lives. We're not looking for something crazy, God. God, but we're looking for something glorious. That your name, God, in your kingdom, moves forward in Jesus' name. All the people said amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bible Center Church. For more information, you can find us online at www.biblectr.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash BibleCTR.